Warning! We are about to spoil the first ten episodes of Fringe, Season 1. If you haven't seen the show, or you plan on watching it, then click away now. Or, if you've already seen it, or you just don't care, then please stick around. Okay, some procedural from 2008. This should be fine. Oh my god, that's so much blood! Welcome to Cinema Roulette. We, I, I need a drink of water, Justin. We can't just stop. Hello, everybody. No, welcome God to Cinema Roulette. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cinema Roulette. Today's episode revolves around a television show, which I was very interested in checking out. And, excuse me, neither of us have seen it. I, I cared about seeing it, too, I guess. Yeah. It just had a very interesting com. Um, Concept. Yep, that's yeah, the exact I, word you're concepts. looking for. I, I completely lost the word after I like first saw it. It was like con, and then my brain was like, "What's the word? What, what are you trying to say, man? I, I don't know." <laughs> but yeah, it's a good concept, and I remember actually like seeing commercials for it back in the day when it was first airing, because um, me and Dad just always watched a lot of television back then, and I got previews for it a lot, and I've been meaning to check it out, and uh, thankfully it's it's good so far. So. <laughs> Spoilers on our opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, today is um the first half of season one of Fringe. Yeah, that was the quiet. Okay. Yes, yes, that was in fact the quiet. I have no idea what the background is for this episode. Hey, it's all good, man. We'll, we'll cross. Maybe the... we'll figure it out by the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> now it's okay. We just have to use fringe science to go forward in time and grab it. <laughs> oh, we're gonna Bill and Ted this and steal the idea from ourselves. Yes, exactly. But um, yeah. So um. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Where should we start? Should we just go right into the fucking synopsis? Because I do have some things to say about technical-wise, but that's usually afterwards. Yeah, that's usually after, so, if you remember uh, the pace of our show we've done for over 100 episodes yes, of. Yes, yes. I would like to say, though, I've done the math, and we will not finish Fringe until next year. So that'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be our long series for the year. Yeah. So I, I'm excited because, yeah, like I said, so far, really good. But, yeah, I will let you take it away over there. Finger guns. Pew, pew. <sighs> okay, so. Fringe is about this FBI agent named Olivia. Olivia is called into... Ooh, uh, man, I, I just had the words there. Hold on. Oh, no. We're losing our words, Justin. What's happening? Man, that sucks for an audio podcast. Hold on, let's show it through dance. Yeah, right? What is this? We actually open on a plane. This plane is full of people. I know. Surprising. And, all, and one dude's being kind of sick as everything gets turbulent, and then he injects himself. And then people just melt. 
violently meld. It's pretty fucked. Cut to Olivia. She's an FBI agent who's fucking another FBI agent. His last name is Scott. His first name is John. <laughs> but I'm going to call him Scott because that's how I've written in notes. That's fair. They kind of figure out where the main person is who did the attack. Go hunt him down. Scott gets killed in the line of duty. Well, almost killed. He gets exploited and infected with the disease. Which this disease uh, makes your skin clear and basically melts you from the inside out. So that's neat. Mm -hmm. But there's one man who might know how to cure it. His name is Bishop. Well, his last name's Bishop. And Olivia goes to see the man and the man's like, get my son. If you get my son, I'll leave and do whatever you say, kind of. He's also in an asylum. Mm -hmm. So he's not all there. But Olivia has to go get his son, Peter. Peter is a, a criminal, I guess. We we don't know what he does. We just know he's traveled the world a lot. He kind of scams people, but also doesn't. Yeah, it's weird. He kind of has this like mysterious past and like people pop up and this becomes kind of a plot point a little bit, but it's it's like few and far between. Yeah, at the moment. Through this little team of Olivia, Dr. Bishop and Peter, they do catch the catch the person who made the virus. They get at the cure, cure her uh, lover and day is saved, except Olivia finds evidence where it turns out Scott was the one who did this. He was the one who set the, who was helping pay for the virus to be made in the first place. Scott kills the the guy who uh, made the virus, tries to go on the run. Olivia car chase ensues. Olivia crashes his car, and Scott dies. Mm -hmm. Oh, also, in order to um, find certain details like what the killer's face looked like. Through fringe science that Dr. Bishop has studied. Hey, get fringe science. It's eh, the name eh, of the show. Ah, it's clever. Um, she needed to basically meld her brain with Scott's brain in, it, in order to get his memories. I'm sure this will have no negative side effects. Yep. Now, th this show works like uh, X-Files. It has a lot of similarities to X-Files. Yeah. And it also, like X-Files, kind of developed this really big cult following. Yeah, but probably not as big as X-Files. Nah. See, we say that, and then I'll post this on, like, a fringe uh, subreddit, and then people will be mad. Yeah, they'll be like, how dare you? <laughs> we are big. <laughs> what was the John Wick character's name? Lance Reddick? Yes, what is his character's name? Uh, I don't remember. I just referred to him in the show as Lance Reddick because Shit. it was kind of generic. I'll look that up if you want to keep going. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll just call him Lance Reddick for right now. Uh, he's basically the leader of the... We'll call it the X-Files faction of the FBI. <laughs> yeah, because it is literally and... just FBI. They don't actually give the division a name. So, Yeah, well, there's sometimes Homeland Security, but she... Uh, Olivia is usually wearing an FBI jacket, so whatever. Uh, but Philip Broyles is his name. Okay, Philip. But Philip signs up Olivia and the crew to basically study all the X Files, which in this in this show is called the Pattern. There are a bunch of cases that don't seem to go together, but they actually do, and it's 
a massive group of people that are all experimenting on the general public in the worst ways. Uh... Also, there there's this company with a very interesting building called uh, Maximum Dynamics, right? Massive Dynamics. Massive, sorry. Massive Dynamics, who are totally not evil. <laughs> I, I love because like the main head woman of it, she has like this giant ass like Blade Runner like office and she like dresses like in black clothes with like gloves on and shit. It's so clearly evil. <laughs> and literally like every single fucking um case leads back to them somehow. Yeah. Nina Sharp. That's her name. The... Nina. Yeah. And Olivia even brings up to Nina like, hey every one of these cases is coming back to you and it's like well we developed science a lot so it just so happens yeah. that everything you uh try to solve involves science in some way yeah it is kind of funny that she points that out she's like you know i'm not an idiot you know i can see that like all these cases conveniently coming back to you there is a pattern here is all i'm saying a pattern you ah. say um we also find out there is this sort of G-Man ob or observer that Philip has followed throughout the years and Olivia soon discovers as well. He's just this bald man, looks like Hitman 47, and he's always around at these pattern events. Mm -hmm. That's all we really get to know about him. And also that uh, Dr. Bishop knows the man as well because the G-Man saved him and Peter's life from a car crash. Mm -hmm. We did also see a sonic boom gun, basically. So there is going to be fancy elements, but they... I We already have brain meld and parasites and stuff like that, but this was the first real sci-fi thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was the first time like any sci like straight-up sci-fi weapons or something like that here, because before there was stuff like like parasites, like you said, and stuff before, but it was always explained through science. Here, it's like, he just has a ray gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little bit after G-Man, Olivia starts seeing visions of Scott. A ghost Scott, if you will. And the ghost Scott it also gaslights the shit out of her. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we've... Dr. Bishop explains that this is visions due to her melding brains with Scott. So she basically has his memory. Mm -hmm. Or at least a part of them. Luckily, it's all the ones we need. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I have to scan over the fucking show notes and re and see, like which parts were actually important to the plot and which were just there. Mm -hmm. Oh, that one was, that was a weird plot point. <laughs> which one? Uh, the one of, uh, uh, Liv's fucking backstory. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I won't go too deeply into this cause the show hasn't needed to bring it up again. But Liv gets a dark backstory of child abuse. So that's fun, I guess. Yeah, like she gets a backstory of child abuse and she shot her father, but several times that she never actually finished the job. So he's out there somewhere is all they left that at. Yep. <laughs> so that's dark. <laughs> yeah, it just comes kind of right the fuck out of nowhere. I was like, what, did, did the writers just realize she had no character at this point and just needed something? <laughs> Yeah, they just went needlessly 
dark there, honestly. Maybe they just... No, wait, can't say that. That's a spoiler. Oh, no. Actually, the parasite came later in the show. But anyway, there's an episode with a parasite, and it's one of Philip's friends. So they, they need to save him because he has, like, this this centipede thing around his heart that's constricting it. Get off there so, she, so he doesn't die. Uh, the only person who knows how to solve this is named Mr. Jones, and he's in, like, a far-off French prison. Yeah, and he's... Pretty sure it was French. He's No, very, it was German. Yeah, I say, because he's very German. So you can... A German person can get arrested in France. Yes, they can. <laughs> and he also knows about the pattern and even, like, questions Olivia, like, don't you find it weird that we just happen to meet up even though I never talk to anyone? Mm-hmm. In order to get him to talk and say how to cure the parasite, Olivia needed to say say a certain phrase from a person he uh, he was friends with back in the United States. And after jumping through a bunch of hoops because the guy accidentally got shot in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he eventually gets an answers with Little Hill and whatever the chemicals need to defeat the parasite. We save Philip's friend, but it turns out after everyone leaves the room, Philip is doing this just to get that thing of Little Hill. Yep. Then we got an episode about about, uh, this code that people have been trying to solve for years, and anyone who doesn't solve it gets killed, basically. Or, well, mentally screwed to the point where they are just incapable of living in society yeah because when um when uh walter was back in like prison or whatever that uh, he had to run into one guy yeah yeah the one mathematician yeah where it's like he basically goes insane or something because we originally thought like that like one of the people got to him or something i think yeah yeah um also walter is a dr bishop i forgot his first name so i just call him dr bishop here walter is also sent back to the asylum in this episode in order to get some information. And while he, due to uh, him kind of starting a fight, they keep him there because the, the warden of the asylum wants him to stay there. He thinks Walter is dangerous, Mm -hmm. even though Walter has been honestly adjusting his society pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Especially considering he's just been in a mental sound for the over a decade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he sees another version of himself. Like another him talking to him. It was really weird. And this moment is never explained, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this has not been explained yet. And we don't know if that's just him being crazy or if we actually saw a second Walter. Yeah. But either way, the this unsolved equation turns out to be the equation to basically phase yourself through matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia is kind of going cuckoo with, with ghost Scott, who is now like harassing her through emails and, and also sent uh, constantly popping up. She needs to go back into the, uh, into the dreamscape basically to get to get a memory in order to find that criminal of the week. Mm-hmm. And she thinks during one scene that Scott looked Scott looked at him, but Bishop is just like, Oh no, no, 
no, no, no, that's fine. He can't see you. At the end of the episode, she gets the email. It's like, I totally saw you. <laughs> yeah. I was going to make the joke. He emails her that, and then he fucking does. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Olivia wants that out of her head. Also, we found uh, throughout the season, we've known that Massive Dynamics, right? Yep. Okay. Massive Dynamics has Scott's body, and he's basically on life support. And they were trying to get his memories, but of course, they're the memories that are stuck in Olivia's head. Yup, so now she's target of Massive Dynamics. So they want her, uh, well, they've also wanted her just to hire her there, because she's a very good cop. Mm -hmm. We go back to, uh... I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the guy who had the parasite. Mm. But because he needed to know the code word of Little Hill in order to get to the end of episode 10. Yes, yes. I'm pretty sure it's him, too, because they had that whole reveal with the wife or whatever. And it's like, oh, now we know. <laughs> yeah. But OK, so oh, that dude whose name I didn't write down, uh, <laughs> we're just going to call him Jason. <laughs> Jason Jason gets the the uh b -b 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 the brain words <laughs> formula. Saying, you want to try that sentence again? <laughs> Jason gets the formula in order to go through walls and uses it to rob banks, but only to steal one specific um deposit box from each bank. Turns out all of these are Walters. And what it is, is a time machine that Walter wanted to use in order to go save a scientist in order to save Peter's life because he had a rare disease that no doctor could figure out. But luckily, Peter recovered before Walter used the time machine. Mm -hmm. And then he split up the time machine, put it in deposit boxes. These guys stole it. And they use it to bring Mr. Jones to break Mr. Jones out of prison. And also during all this, they kidnap Olivia because Mr. Jones wants to talk to her. Mm -hmm. And that's basically where the series, en uh, well, where the first half of the season ends. Also during this, we, we find uh, people are looking for Peter. Yes. Yeah, I'm and... assuming they're like, uh, they're just mafia or organized crime that want him to pay a debt. Yep. We do not know yet. So we will see. <laughs> Because yeah, hopefully last... that was a possible explanation for this first half. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and in that last episode, it's kind of interesting because not only does she have massive dynamics after her now, now she he ha also has um, the one Mr. Sign Jones. Mr. Jones. I don't know why I keep forgetting his name. <laughs> he even made a joke with yeah. the one song. I Platoon. Pl pl yeah, the soundtrack to Platoon, but. <laughs> No, it's funny because like um, I, I was just wanting them somewhere in the episode to play Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. I was like, that would have been so perfect. Oh, I just stabbed my toe. Ah. With what? Um. Uh, okay. Mm. So, you know, that pla like those plastic things you put on top of rugs for wheelie chairs, like those yeah. plastic bangs. I have one of those, but the front of it kind of snapped off and it's poking up now. So I just rammed my like toe right into that. <laughs> Pretty sure you did that like an episode or two ago. Did I? I don't remember. Um, 
Clearly not, otherwise you wouldn't have done it a second time, idiot. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, that was Fringe season, first half of Fringe season. Neither of us are having words. Wow, this Neither is a great episode. Man, we are struggling. I'm sorry. We apologize in advance. We are struggling with words, man. Um, overall, pretty solid start to the first season. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I know we were a little worried because, you know, the last American TV show that we had was really fucking terrible. Uh, Which one are you talking about? The Cape or the Strain? Yes. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. And season one is apparently the weakest season because later on it apparently gets like way better. Like it got mediocre reviews, but so far it's really good. Like it's not amazing or blowing me away, but especially by American TV show standards, I think it's really solid. Yeah, I mean, okay, we can get some of the bad out of the way. Yeah. Uh, Olivia is by far the weakest character. <laughs> yeah, there there have been a couple of moments that she has the writers gave her, but overall she's been kind of bland, which is unfortunate. And the actress is not at fault. She does a really good job with whatever she's given. It's more the writers. Yeah, it's just like we've gotten bits of backstory. We've seen some rebellion from her towards the... Uh, towards this whole conspiracy thing mm-hmm. but she's honestly just not as interesting as peter or walter yeah for real and the thing about her too is she has a tendency to like gloat to the bad guy early she's done that twice so far in this season what do you mean like like she went up to the one dude who um oh you said gloat, gloat. okay what did you think i said i heard glope <laughs> Oh, I was like, what the fuck does gloat mean? No gloat. She went up and gloated to two of the villains before she was really ready to actually capture them. And the funny thing is in the one episode where she goes up to the guy at the dinner party or whatever, um, I'm like, you know, it's kind of your fault that he got tipped off. (laughs) Yeah. Who tipped him off? Didn't you go up to his face and say, I'm go, I know what you did and I will arrest you. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And she did that to the one uh, massive dynamics woman, too. And it's like, okay, you're supposed to do this after you've basically got the enemy at checkmate. That is when you go up and, like, start acting all cocky. (laughs) Yeah, you don't say, I'm going to go do a sneak attack on you and you'll totally fall for it. It's on West Avenue at 4 p.m. Exactly. It's like, uh... you know who's not going to show up on West Avenue at 4 (laughs) (laughs) p.m.? That's a whole lot of me. Uh... Um, so yeah, that, 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 that little bit was unfortunate. Um, and there's a couple times too, it gets better, thankfully, as the season goes on, but there's a couple times where it has early, like mid two thousands shaky cam. <laughs> I didn't mind any of those. Those were fine. Yeah. The only really bad one was the car chase in the pilot. That's about it. Yeah, that was bad. I'll give it a pass. Cause it was a pilot. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a pilot and it ended with that really sick car flip. So <laughs> Um, another problem is it feels like there's one writer who comes in every few episodes and then decides this character is going to be an asshole today. Yeah, because they do that kind of to every character. They do it to Olivia and Walter and I think Walt. What's Walter's son name again? Peter. Peter and Peter as well. (laughs) Just think of a saint. Yes. There you go. (laughs) Saints rope. (laughs) Just think of the saint, Cameron, like the dirty Christian you are. (laughs) 
But, but uh, yeah, there's just random episodes where one character decides to get a massive stick up their ass and just be a dick at all times. Yeah, and the excuse they give for Olivia is, is well, today's my birthday. Cool. Great. <laughs> then, yeah, there's like one time Walter like snaps at Astrid. It's like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. Oh, also, there's a character named Astrid. She's just kind of around. She's kind of there. It's unfortunate because I like her. Like she, she's real pretty, and she has like kind of this like like just kind of I don't know the way she carries herself. I guess I just I just like her character. She's very interesting. Yeah, anytime she does get to talk, she gives off good vibes. Yeah, she does. I really like her. I hope they use her more. I really do. I also love the cliche that anyone who is uh, like remotely quote unquote friends with uh, either Philip, yeah. Olivia, or Peter immediately betrays them by the end of the episode. Yeah, it is kind of funny how much they've used that. Like, there's always like, oh, yes, I knew this person in my past, and then they turn out to be evil. Like, it's been almost every single person has turned out to be evil in some way. <laughs> if they're friends, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little silly. <laughs> It's kind of like the red shirts in Star Trek. It's like, well, no, they're going to die. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say something about a uh, kill a kill, but I won't. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> it is a funny thing, though, if you uh, realize it quick enough. <laughs> I don't know, man. It might make, make me lose my way. Not sure. Uh, How would you lose your way? You just have to sit in front of the screen and watch the show. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, so that's a little longer. I, I think that's about it, though. So, thankfully. Yeah, that was it. I mean, there's a couple of just like, you know, 2000 isms, but whatever. Yeah. Other than that, it's fine. The positives absolutely outweigh the negatives, which I'm so happy that that's happened now because the last two series have been kind of shit. So. <laughs> I wouldn't call Star shit. Well, not Star, but I'm talking about like the two American ones we did. Sorry. Star was made in America, it was made by Disney. Oh, yeah, technically, yes. So. Um. <laughs> live action i should specify then there you go <laughs> okay we got it ladies and gentlemen i still got it all right uh, um yeah so the positives um let's get the one very obvious thing out of the way the gore is insane in this show <laughs> this caught us so fucking off guard especially <laughs> considering it's a mid-2000 show this first season aired from 2008 to 2009 That'd be more late 2000s, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Like, there's some blood in American TV. We, we've we both seen cop shows before. People get shot, they bleed out, or, you know, they're stabbed up and have a slit across the throat. Mm-hmm. First episode, people have skin that goes translucent, bleed everywhere. Yeah, like, the really fucked up part was the one where, like, the one person on the airplane turned around, and you could see, like, their mouth just, like, melting off, like, the the, the skull underneath and shit. It was really fucked. <laughs> oh, which episode was it? Hold on. Yeah, uh, in episode six, the fucking lady who <laughs> has, has the contagious virus, everyone's... Uh, what it does is it boils people's brains so they basically are bleeding out of their eyes and mouth. And since she is a walking microwave, it it uses that power, melts everyone, and then causes her fucking head to explode. <laughs> yeah, it's really brutal 
because you see her, but then like it's not like the actual explosion is not shown, even though the body's shown later, which is really fucked up. <laughs> but well, it's shown from the other side of a glass door, yeah. so the blood splatter covers up the stump. Yeah, so like you just see this giant blood splatter clear across the thing, and then it pans down, and you see her like her the rest of her body except her head through the glass. It was a really clever. I think that was a really good way to censor that. Actually, that was really well yeah. done. Um, but, uh, yeah, that caught, and, and the thing is too, this isn't like, you know, sometimes in like PG 13 or, uh, not horror, but like PG 13 action movies are like American TV shows as well, where like the gore is desaturated. So like the blood is like really dark. It's not dark. Like it's straight up like crimson blood in this. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, um, the parasite episode, we see all oh. the detail of the surgery of a doctor, like basically improvising the surgery opening up the dude's chest putting the little uh, i can't think of what to call it basically the part that just holds it open and you see his lungs and rib cage as this weird sampy thing is wrapped around his heart and it was really well done too because you could tell that that was a practical effect that looked really fucking good yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, all of the special effects and everything are in, I, so far incredible in this show. Like, there's a couple ones that have not aged well, but thankfully, they first a lot of the CG ones they've hidden it really well. Um, yeah, usually with the CG stuff, it's in uh, darker areas, and honestly, if you are working with CG, dark areas seem to look way better, even if you have cheap CG, yeah. than light areas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably because mapping lights is a fucking bitch. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that just caught us completely off guard and was really well done. And the scene with uh, Mark Valley too, when his skin is translucent and stuff, you could tell that that was a mixture of practical and CG, and it just turned out really good. Yeah. Honestly, like you it, see his well, rib- they keep showing it in the last time. Uh, yeah. Like you could see his rib cage and his brain and shit. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, wait, actually, that was one last bad thing. Uh, what, Mark Valley? No, the episode's having a last time on Fringe. Oh, and yeah. then Because, okay, when you do that with a TV show, you point out the plot points that need to be known for this episode, so that way new viewers and people who've taken a break understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. For at least five of the episodes where they do this it means nothing (laughs) yeah there is one though where they mention it and then they bring it up again at the very tail end of the episode yeah it's it's a bad use of them that's a very petty thing to complain about yeah i was gonna say i realize isn't like more of a minor thing which is probably why we forgot it in the first place but yeah i there there it just felt kind of pointless really I do just love in episode nine, the last time on Fringe is basically telling you Olivia is an FBI agent. Dr. Bishop is a crazy man, but smart. And Peter is Peter. Yep. Thanks. I've watched all other, all the other episodes. I know who the characters are. And even if you didn't know that, even if you like came into that episode, you would figure that out pretty fucking fast. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. I do like the only good thing I can say about those is I do kind of like the speed up flashy images at the end where it's like, bam. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 
And then we still actually, and, and this is, we're done with the negatives now, I think, unless we remember another yeah, one. Yeah, we but, should be done. Yeah. Um, I also, just the random fucking images they play in the commercial breaks or whatever is just interesting, because we don't know what they mean, but they're there. <laughs> it's an apple with baby fetuses as seed. Yeah. <laughs> then sometimes there's a hand, and then sometimes there's a leaf. <laughs> sometimes there's frog. Yep. <laughs> So Which that. they do probably mean something. They mm. flash in the intro as well. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so anything else? Oh, so speaking of little details, uh, the the G-Man we mentioned, he is in every episode, even in the episodes before he appears, which is just cool. It makes the game a Where's Waldo? Yeah, it's a really clever Not way Not the of... game, the show. Well, the sh- <laughs> yeah, Waldo, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a really clever thing, because I actually did look it up because I was curious, because you did notice him again in the one episode, and I'm like, I wonder, and yeah, turns out he is in literally every single episode in the background somewhere. <laughs> which is... Every time it can be on a camera, it can be in a crowd, it's cool yeah it's a really neat detail and there were times towards the end of the first half where we kind of missed it and i'd look it up and i was like oh that's where he was shit (laughs) yeah some of these are mean and face they are they are but he's there he is like all we know is he's the observer so (laughs) it's like the the pineapple from psych i don't know about the pineapple from psych okay in the pilot episode of psych there's a joke about pineapple Uh uh-huh and for some reason, they just kept it as a running joke. So in every episode, you can see a pineapple somewhere. That's great. <laughs> Sometimes it's really obvious. And like a main character is holding a pineapple in the foreground. Other times it's like hidden in a plant. It's weird. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So that's why the pineapple is on the front of the complete series set. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> Um, um i say yeah so is there anything else you have to say about the gore or is that it oh that's it that all the the practical effects solid Hell yeah. for a tv show especially i also speaking of effects too i the text effect they use is really cool oh yeah for establishing shots they have like the 3d text that says the area i especially love it in uh i think it's episode eight where it's in the rain and you actually see rain hitting the text yeah it's really cool and then there's a one where like they're in the foggy field they're in little hill and then um like the text pops up for little hill and then like part of it is obscured by fog or whatever oh yeah in uh, episode 10 that yeah it's just a nice establishing effect rather than just bold face text on the front yeah they actually got clever which it was with, with it which is cool there we go <laughs> though the one thing that was slightly annoying is they kept showing like harvard university and massive dynamics over and over and over again it's like yeah we know the location show <laughs> yeah uh for those who haven't seen the show harvard university is where dr bishop's lab is it's in the basement yes in the basement <laughs> which they do even have a joke of students walking in trying to think it was a classroom and olivia's just like no yeah they're like is this like class to be they're like no and then just walk away um that'll actually make a good segue too because there are just little random ass fucking moments in that which make you go what the hell that i kind of love yeah especially in the first episode where they're just eating (laughs) they're eating fast food watching cartoons with a cow yeah there's a cow in the lab by the way he needed the cow um and it is there (laughs) Which is cool. Um, funny, funny thing about that is the cow actually had to be recast after the pilot episode because they moved filming locations um, and they couldn't actually tele- or 
teleport. Well, tra- it is fringe transport. show. Transport. Yeah, they couldn't actually transport the cow, so they had to use a different cow. That's just fun. There's moments where like Walter's milking the cow, or there's another one where he's like heating up milk in like a a test tube and then drinking out of it. You need that warm, squeezed cow juice. Exactly. It's just great. <laughs> And there was the one, too, where, like, he's talking about Olivia and they're about to go back and the machine just goes, oh, sorry, I just got an erection. <laughs> that was a weird one. It's just like, the hell? <laughs> what did you say, Walter? <laughs> and there's Walter's casual drug use, which is great. Oh, yeah. He's just making cocktails of all things. Yeah. Yeah. I just imagine like there's like this there's like a side story going on with Walter where that we don't know about like where he's like this this massive drug kingpin. Yeah, honestly, I imagine it's like a boom. who is selling this old ass man drugs. No, <laughs> he's probably making them. Himself. He's probably making them all, which is like yeah. There's this like Breaking Bad ass drama going on behind the scenes. <laughs> This guy comes in just like, yo, we ready to cook? Oh, okay. Yes, I've got the steak in the oven. No, 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 like meth. Oh, 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 right. (laughs) Right, I almost forgot. Yeah. I I really like Walter's voice. It's kind of soothing. (laughs) Kind of reminds me a little bit of Orson Welles. I don't hear it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, the characters in general are fine. Like we said, Livy is the weakest one, but everyone else does a really solid job. Yeah, everyone's at least two-dimensional, which is nice. Yeah, like, yeah, Walter and Peter especially get a lot of character development. And the scene where he goes back to the asylum, too, is just surprisingly emotional. I really liked that. Yeah, it worked. It works, and you feel kind of bad for the guy. Yeah. While also being creeped out by the trippy imagery. Yeah. I was surprised when that happened. Like, I I, I, I thought they, they, they might try to go, like, a little trippy in the first episode because they weren't actually showing what she saw. But then they did actually show what she saw for a little bit. And I was like, oh, wow, we're doing this. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Especially towards the end of the first half of the season, they really start experimenting a lot. <laughs> yeah, so that, bold, uh, that bodes well for the rest of the show yes. or season. Yeah, so I'm excited because I am all down for trippy shit. Like, I'm all down for, like, getting creative with shit like that. I love that. Another I also one... like the creativity of the uh, villains of the week. I think... Yeah. <laughs> they're all interesting. They And so far, it hasn't gone too far to be, un... to be like, okay, you guys are just gang fucking weird. Yeah. Like, yes, it is pseudo is fringe science, but it still makes enough sense. Yeah, like that, because that's the thing. It, it is all based on something because a lot of this is like already existing scientific theories that we've never actually been able to accomplish. So and there what also helps, too, I realize is there's a lot of times where like the villains have like the thing where they can walk through walls or whatever. And um, Peter isn't or not Peter. Uh, Walter isn't just like, oh, yes, I already have that or whatever. Um, he actually is like, oh, yes, I was working on that, but I didn't finish it. Someone else must have made a breakthrough. So 
Yeah, just the sort of, I did look into that, but I never got around to it type deal. Yeah, so that kind of adds the credibility that he just isn't magically making, ah, yes, this device that we can use. <laughs> I mean, they do sometimes use yeah. him as a deus ex machina, where it's like, oh, yes, I knew exactly the person who was doing that. Yep. But it, it makes sense to it. Like, they, there's no, been no mo there's been no obvious Deus Ex Machinas. At least they've always given a legit reason for not happening. Whether it's Walter not remembering because he's kind of mentally fucked or something else. So, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, the, the, also the actor who does Walter does a really good job with that as well. Like, <laughs> a good balance yeah, between he, like being actually it is this good balance of just a man who's clearly lost something. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, I do, I, I do like all the characters. Like you said, the, yeah, the villains are all so far really strong. They're all distinct. They're all memorable. There's been none who are too over the top, <laughs> but okay. The murder butterflies were a bit over that the top. That was kind of hilarious, but to, to be fair, they weren't actually murder butterflies. That was in his head. So <laughs> still love the dude's logic of I'm being attacked by butterflies that are chopping me up instead of going out the door of the room i'm going to jump out the window I'm just gonna jump out the window of the skyscraper i'm currently in <laughs> it ends about as well as you would think uh, <laughs> someone loses a car yeah <laughs> and i guess he also dies but you know he <laughs> was an opening character who cares yeah exactly <laughs> Um, that's well done. And like I said, starting out, like especially in the pilot, the cinematography was not super impressive, but it does get way better later on. And there were a couple episodes I really loved the cinematography of, um, especially the one episode with the kid who played piano. I loved some of the shots and like that underground saw like lab. <laughs> oh, yeah. Episode eight. They just have all the colors going around there. It was great to look at yeah that was the first one where i was like from a technical standpoint wow this is really cool and i also really like because the whole setup is like there's this hi hi these hypnotic lights which flash green and then red and then green and then red um and i like that they showed it from the character's perspective every time yeah because what it does is it hypnotizes you so a bunch of time passes and allows the villain to escape type deal mm -hmm. so anytime I mean, it comes up, you're in the character's perspective, you see the lights flash, and then all of a sudden it's like two hours later. Yeah, I do I do like the one with uh, Peter where like he's like, okay, you can do this, but it's not actually going to work. And then it like, and then he like kind of stops there and looks around, and all of a sudden his sleeves are gone, he's holding a pair of scissors, and Astrid comes in and says, okay, who's ready for lunch? Yeah, right after they had, even though in uh, Peter's mind they just had breakfast. Yeah, exactly. It's so... <laughs> It's just cool the way they sh actually showed the passing of time in that. That was one of my favorites, technical-wise. <laughs> um, and, like, because the, the pilot episode, too, I'm pretty sure that there was this, like, green tint to everything. At least it felt like that. Yeah, I remember it being, it looking a bit odd. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, that goes away, and they do actually get good cinematography later. So that I was worried about that in the pilot, about the way it was shot, but that was relieved. So thank heavens. <laughs> Reminds me of a, the first season of Supernatural, because like in the first half of it, mm -hmm. it's all desaturated to hell, and I hated it so much. Really? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, later on, they do actually remember. Oh, right, color exists. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that was that was the thing in the early to mid 2000s was everything had to be desaturated because it looks gritty or whatever realism yeah 
everything had to be shaky and disorienting. I do not miss those times. <laughs> I don't either. Um, so yeah, um, that was good. And it's just, it is interesting. I do like the plot so far has been really good. There's been uh, no like plots where I'm like, okay, this fucking sucks. And there's been parts of it that are weird, but not, there's never been an episode which so far, which I would say is bad. Yeah. Nothing that sticks out in my mind at least. Yeah. There've been episodes that have been slightly weaker, but none that are outright terrible. Thankfully. Excuse me. So, yeah. Um, anything else you can think of? or? Oh, I did miss one plot point. Okay. Uh, Peter, in order to get information on someone, needed to make a deal with Ma- uh, the lady at Massive Dynamics, so he owes her a favor at some point. Yep, so that'll probably come back up later. Probably at the end of the season. Yeah, probably before then. Mm. But yeah, if this is the weakest season, this is fine. Honestly, yeah, if it just keeps getting better from here, then that bodes really well, and I'm really looking forward to what they do with it, so. Yeah, I think right now they're just trying to establish a tone, and then hopefully, now that we've hit the mid-season point or next season, we will see more character development. Yeah, so, because, yeah, this has been so far really good in establishing the setting, the characters, the tone we're going for, and all that. And then probably next season they'll start experimenting more. So we just need, I guess, a ground uh, level thing here. So, <laughs> uh, The only thing I'm worried about is J.J. Abrams is a producer on the show, so the ending might not be satisfying. Yeah, so we will see about that. <laughs> Because uh, when you see produced by J.J. Abrams, it's usually a 50-50 chance of it being good or not. Well, at least the first uh, first half will be good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe even first two-thirds. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, so we will see how this wraps up in, yeah. well, at least the first season wraps up in, not next week, but the week after, because next week is Rashima you right you right you right yep so next is Rashomon yay <laughs> Rashomon and I will say a bonus episode mm-hmm. so look won't say what it is but yes yeah, so you got a bonus episode next week yep so look forward to that and when you're hearing this we're currently recording movie month so yay. yeah that will happen in November yep but we are recording it in June. Yes. And we will be in person again. So look forward to that Mwah quality. I know we're pretty good quality right now. We're damn good quality right now, but it's even better. Except when computers, and except when Cameron's computer decides to fuck up. Yeah, except when my internet decides to cut you off. <laughs> uh, we don't have a wheel spin at the end of this episode, so it's just going to be kind of an ending. Yep. So, yeah, we will catch you guys later. I don't catch anyone. I'm not a cop. Damn it. Should I should I let the hostages go then? No, we need listeners. True. Okay. <laughs> Lol, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cinema Roulette. If you want to interact with the show more, you can follow us on Twitter, at Roulette Cinema. If you wish to follow our hosts, Justin is at JK Pancake on Twitter, and Cameron is at Cameron Picks Inc. 
on Twitter. If you wish to watch a video version of the podcast, it can be found on the YouTube channel, CamCam. Thanks again to Teller's Place for making the base art for all of our thumbnails. And if you enjoyed the show, please remember to subscribe or rate on whatever podcast app you use. 